You are listening to episode 49 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about how to stop weighing your self-esteem and self-worth every time you step on the scale. I'm master at life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. All right. I'm finally feeling better. (laughs) It took pretty much a full two weeks from the time I first felt sick till the time I was 90, 95% of the way better. I think today is the first full day that I feel 100% better. And it's been a little over two weeks now. And that was very annoying, especially on day number four, when I was like, what the hell? This should be over with by now. (laughs) And the funny thing, too, was that I had friends and other people tell me that it took them two weeks to recover, that I should set my expectations and recognize that I'm probably going to be out for about two weeks, that I'm not going to want to do things, that I need to rest. I need to take a longer break than I likely am planning. Because typically when I catch a cold, I feel bad for a couple of days, like two or three days, and then I'm feeling better. And yeah, it was very annoying on like day four or five when I still felt like crap. But I did have people telling me, oh, set your expectation for two weeks. And I was like, yeah, maybe for you it was two weeks. But for me, uh, no, this is going to be a week. Clearly, you don't know my immune system. Like I have a very strong immune system. I hardly get sick. When I get sick, it's usually for three days. So I'll give it double. I'll give it a single week. But I'm different. I am special. I just had to realize that, oh, no, this did take me out for about two weeks. And that's okay. Nothing has gone wrong. That was a fun little lesson, which kind of plays into our relationship with the scale and how we can know certain things logically. But then we also feel like, no, I'm different. I hear what you're saying. But really, for me, the scale should go down every single day or every single week. It should have this straight line down that I shouldn't be plateauing or regaining anything. And so it just made me laugh because it was very much in line with what I hear from people of knowing, okay, this is the standard and also feeling like, no, but I'm different, but I'm special. There are going to be some of you who may be doing this with the scale, who think that you're this special snowflake and these rules don't apply to you, but they do. Okay, so you're not immune to the drama about the scale, no matter whether you're actively trying to lose weight or you're maintaining your weight loss or how big or small your body size or shape is. We all have human brains, which means that we can all have drama about the scale. Now, it's can. It doesn't mean we will. It just means that we can. And if we just look at this from a logical standpoint, if you have spent the last 5, 10, 20 years, maybe more with drama getting on the scale, holding your breath, hoping that it's not over a certain number, it's normal that's where our brain wants to go because it's trying to keep us safe. And if in the past there has been any trauma around the scale from Weight Watchers or personal trainer or people just asking, oh, what went wrong? What happened? The scale stayed the same or the scale went up. And there was this immediate kind of shame and judgment and ridicule rather than curiosity. Of course, our brain just wants to keep us safe. And so for many of us, what we do is we just throw out the scale. We no longer get on the scale or we wait until we have a day or a week when we're feeling like surely it has gone down. So now it's safe to get on. But 
for many people, there are a lot of negative thoughts. I call this mind drama. We just have a lot of drama about the scale and what it should or shouldn't be doing, how quickly it should be moving. We just have a lot of expectations. And a lot of times they're flawed. They're not realistic. So we want to understand how our bodies work in relationship to the scale. And I want to offer some new ways to think about the scale, some new ways to think about the number, and some new ways to retrain this process. Because what happens is for most of us, it sends us into fight or flight. If the number goes up or it's not down enough, sometimes that sends us right back into restriction mode. We have a lot of misguided expectations of what the scale should be doing, or there's a lot of myths out there about the scale and weight that we are believing. So I want to touch on those just as we get going, because this sets the framework for what we are thinking about ourselves in our weight loss journey. A lot of us will think the scale should be going down every single day or every single week, that it should basically be this straight line down. And that's not how our bodies work. Physically, our bodies are designed to keep us alive. There's a part of our body that wants to make sure that you're not starving, that there's not famine. And so it's not going to allow you to keep losing weight indefinitely. There also comes a point, too, where if you are trying to cut and restrict calories so much that your body is now in fight mode and it is clinging to every ounce of water, every ounce of fat, everything that it can to make sure that you don't lose too much or that you don't die of starvation. And so we have to be really aware and conscious of just the natural tendencies that our bodies go through. Our bodies will have periods where you might lose for four to eight weeks and then you might stay the same. It doesn't mean that you're on a stall or that you've plateaued. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that now your body has stopped releasing weight. And we just want to make sure that it's safe for your body to do that. And this is often when we can throw in the towel and be like, screw it. It's not working. I'll just eat whatever I want now. And so we stop working the habits. We stop looking for level ups. We stop looking at what can I tweak or change or adjust because we have this expectation of what the scale should or should not be doing or how quickly it should be going down. So losing one or two pounds each week is slow. And there's this underlying belief that it's not good enough. One pound a week is too slow. That's not enough. It should be more. It should be this much, especially if you have some weeks in the past where You've lost five pounds or three pounds. And then you have one week when you lose one pound and then it's, oh no, what am I doing wrong? I think that's immediately where our brains go to is something has gone wrong, that there's a problem. When really, this is very normal. This is how our bodies work. It's how our bodies lose weight. If you've ever been on one of my webinars or workshops in the last two years, I have this slide where I talk about what realistic weight loss looks like, where the number will go down. It might stay the same and then it might go up a little bit and then it goes down again and then it stays the same and then it goes down and then it stays the same and then it goes up a little bit and then it goes down <laughs> and it's the trend is downward. And if we look at it over the course of a month or a quarter, we see where the scale is moving. But if we just looked day to day or even week to week, we're going to see these small little changes. And that is what normal weight loss looks like. It is not just a straight line down. And this is where some of what I was talking about earlier comes into play, where we're like, oh, no, but for me, for my body, this is what it should be doing. And we just have unrealistic expectations. And I would say the biggest issue that we run into is that we allow the scale and the number on it to dictate our mood for the day. It can send us back into restrict mode of, oh, my gosh, see, I can't eat carbs and still lose weight. Oh, see, I can't do this. I have to do that. So it can send us right back into this war with food where we're cutting and restricting calories, carbs, fat, all the things, 
and we're trying to just exercise more and eat less. And it builds up more evidence as to how it doesn't work. So we can have a lot of drama there around what happens. We can be really excited and put so much emphasis on the scale. That's what sets our mood for the day. And it it either means we're going to have a good day or a bad day. It could be that you have a good way in and now you have permission to eat your face off for the rest of the weekend or to have the extra margarita at dinner. It's that permission giving excuse around the scale has gone down. And so we can praise ourselves for the work that we're doing and the results that we're creating. There's nothing wrong with that. But we want to be mindful that if there's a really big high with a scale, it automatically means that there will be a low when either the scale stays the same or if it goes up a little bit. And we have so much around what we think it should be looking like, how quickly it should be moving, in what direction. There are just a lot of normal fluctuations in our weight as women when it comes to water or salt intake or things like wine or beer and some little things like that. It doesn't mean that we are gaining fat. It just means that we are retaining more water. Our monthly hormone cycles, or if your cycle is changing as you go into perimenopause or menopause, there are just different phases of life that we get in where our bodies are just doing some different things. It doesn't mean that we can't lose weight. It doesn't mean that we just avoid the scale because when we avoid the scale altogether, those thoughts are still there. The thoughts that I have when I get on the scale and let's say the number has gone up, Those thoughts are always there whether I get on the scale or not. It's always running in the background. The shame, the beating myself up, the self-loathing, the criticism, the nitpicking my body, the talking about how I'm not good enough, that is all still there whether you get on the scale or not. You are trying to remove the trigger by removing the scale and not getting on it when really we need to learn how to have a better conversation with the scale. We need to learn how to think differently about it. So that's what I mean when I say we're going to change our relationship with the scale is we change how we think about it. We don't let it have so much power over our emotions. We want to be on the lookout for two things, unrealistic expectations and how you talk to yourself about the journey of weight loss. If you keep telling yourself how slow things are going or questioning whether this is really working or whether or not it's fast enough or good enough, you are setting yourself up to quit. That's all that's going on here. And this is why I focus so much on thoughts and emotions, because that's really what drives the action. Because when we are feeling defeated or discouraged because of what the scale says, it's very hard to take positive action when left to our own habit brain. Unless there's some self-coaching involved or coaching from an external source, we are not going to take positive action from a negative emotion. We have to change and shift out of the negative emotion and get into something else, whether it's more neutral, like feeling committed, determined, ease, peace, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be like, this is amazing, or I'm so glad that the scale is up five pounds. But we just want to use it as an indicator as to what's going on with our habits. It should be a redirect for our brain to think about, okay, where are my habits? What's going on here? And if you aren't tracking habits, You don't have any data to work with. Your weight and what the scale says, that's just one data point. But we have numerous other data points when we start looking at how our clothes fit or how many inches we're losing month to month or like the different habits that we're taking. So am I drinking my water? Am I sleeping? Am I eating when I'm hungry? Am I really listening to when I'm satisfied? Where am I overeating? Where am I mindlessly snacking? When I start to track those habits, that gives me more data to work with. 
The scale is just one piece of data. It's not the end-all be-all. The problem is that we've made it that way. We let the scale dictate how we think about ourselves. We make it mean something about us that the scale has gone up or that it hasn't gone down fast enough. We let it dictate our value and our worth and what we believe about ourselves. Right? We don't just weigh our body, we weigh our self-esteem and our self-confidence. And if that number doesn't go down or it doesn't go down fast enough, then we're a total jerk to ourselves. And that's a problem. And it's like I have to earn positive self-talk. I don't get to be nice to myself unless the scale goes down. If it doesn't go down, if it stays the same or if it goes up, then I'm total a-hole and I take away self-love and I have to now hate myself thin. That's essentially what we're doing here. Instead of really looking and honestly assessing, okay, what's going on here? What's working? What's not working? What can I improve? Where am I overeating? Where am I procrastinating? What else is happening? So we want to take back our power from the scale and not get so caught up in it. And we can recognize that we don't have to be overweight in order to be terrified of the scale. <laughs> we don't have to be overweight in order to nitpick our bodies. We can have just as much drama about our bodies and about the scale, no matter what size or shape or weight we are. We want to live in peace with the scale because we want to be able to live our lives. And if you have fear around your process of losing weight, you're going to have fear in your ability to keep it off. That's where most other diets set you up for failure. And that's where they go wrong. If you have drama about the scale as you're losing weight, you will have drama about the scale after you lose it. And we can certainly use the scale and the number against ourselves. So if the number is not going down fast enough, or if it's not going down enough in a month, then you might be tempted to think, screw it. Why bother? Why keep going? I'm not going to hit my goal. And so you lose belief. And because you don't have the thoughts driving the commitment, the dedication, the motivation to keep going, to keep taking the action, you stop taking the action that was creating the results. And oftentimes we stop before we see the bigger results happen. We might lose a pound one week, maybe another pound the next week. And we think, well, this isn't working. Meanwhile, our body's ready to drop five pounds the next week if we would have just kept going. So I had one client who he was losing steadily about half a pound to a pound every single week. And then the last week of the month, he dropped four pounds in a single week. So many times we have this misconception that when we start the diet, we just drop all this weight all at once. We are very quick to just hurry up and get there without realizing how our bodies actually work and just knowing that there are gonna be little changes and adjustments and little nuances to how we lose weight. Nothing has gone wrong. That's totally normal to have a couple weeks where you lose a little bit and then it's like the compound effect comes into effect. So you're doing your thing. It feels like a little bit is changing, just a little bit, and then boom, now you start to see results. The problem is we typically will stop taking action because we lose belief. We lose motivation. We lose confidence if we aren't seeing big enough results fast enough. And that's where we get into trouble because we'll throw away the month when halfway through we could be looking at, all right, what can I do to make sure that I'm in check? Like if I'm not losing weight or if I'm not losing at the rate that I want, am I really following these habits? Am I really eating when I'm hungry or am I grab assing? Am I really stopping at satisfied or am I eating beyond that point? It just gives us an opportunity to, to question where am I with my habits? It gives us another chance to check in. And we want to be mindful of how we can let the scale derail our entire month. We're constantly playing this start-stop game. And that is 
not just physically hard for our bodies to figure out what the heck is actually going on, but mentally and emotionally it's draining because every time we give up on ourselves, every time we use the scale as validation for our self-worth and how good we feel about ourselves, it just chips away and erodes our confidence and self-belief and our thoughts about our ability to follow through with things. That's where we get into trouble. And that's what's not talked about in the diet industry is how we are thinking as we are losing weight and as we are taking these actions. So the past two weeks, I've been watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, and this has been really fun. I have been cheering for Carolina, which they lost in the final game last night, which was heartbreaking. But I was also watching the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche. And there was one game, I think last Tuesday, where the Blues were down zero to three by the second period. There's only three periods. And so it was halfway through the game. They're down zero to three chances are they are not going to be winning. And so I go to bed. And when I woke up the next morning, the Blues had actually won five to four in overtime. So not only had they come back and scored four goals, but then they went on to score an extra goal in overtime and actually win it. (laughs) So, oh, here I had gone to bed thinking like, oh, clearly the game is over. It's zero to three. There's no way they can make a comeback. (laughs) And they did. So how often are you doing this with your weight loss? Are you giving up halfway through the game? Are you giving up halfway through the week? Are you throwing in the towel because there's only two days left and there's no possible way the scale could go down? That is how you give up on yourself. That is how you quit on yourself. And that's what we want to start to change. We need to stop using the scale and this number against ourselves. And we need to look at how do I use this for myself? How do I allow this to be a benefit? There are some clients where I recommend that they take a break from weighing themselves for a a period of time. Usually it's about four weeks and we focus on other aspects, but we still go back to weighing because it's important that you have a healthy relationship with the scale and that you learn to take control of your mind. You are the one in control of your thoughts about that number. That's all that's going on is you have certain thoughts if the scale goes up and you have certain thoughts if the scale goes down. But you have that control. It's not a number. The number is just a circumstance. And so this is all about taking back your power and not feeling so terrible about it. Different people are going to be ready to do this work at different times. But I really want to challenge you. It's what you're making that number mean about you. That is the real issue here. The scale is simply one piece of information. It's one piece of data. It's that indicator light to check where are my habits? Where was I not following through? What does my habit tracker say? Am I even tracking my habits? (laughs) I've got some questions here that you can start to journal on and think about. So question number one, what do you typically think before you step on the scale? Are you holding your breath? Are you like, oh my gosh, I hope it's not over this number? Are you thinking, oh dear goodness, I pray that this goes down? What do you typically think before you step on the scale? Question number two, how do you talk to yourself if the number stays the same or goes up? And how do you talk to yourself if the number goes down? There does not have to be a big difference in that number. There might be a span of three or four pounds. And that has a huge impact on how you talk to yourself. If you do have a goal to lose weight, how will you be thinking about yourself when you're halfway to your goal, when you're three-fourths of the way to your goal, when you're at your goal weight? How will you be thinking about yourself? How will you be feeling about yourself? What's that conversation that you're having? And are you willing to start thinking and feeling that way about yourself now as you're on the journey? 
that is one of the most critical pieces to enjoying the process. And this is how you lose the weight and you keep it off, is that you have a process that works for you long-term that you can enjoy. And part of it also means you have a weigh-in process, which is what I teach my clients how to do. When we work together, I give you worksheets and guides and prompts like this so that you can actively change how you're thinking about the number, how you're thinking about your progress. But you've got to enjoy this. If it feels hard, dreadful, sacrificial, you're never going to stick with it long term. And so we want to take the pressure off of the scale and sometimes even off of weight loss altogether because let's be real, weight loss in and of itself will not make you happy. What makes you happy is your thoughts and your thoughts are always optional. So we really want to get clear on why am I losing weight and really understanding what are my goals? What's my why behind what I'm doing? Why is it that this is important to me? Why is it that I'm wanting to do this? What's the difference between my body at 130 pounds versus 135 pounds? What do I think is going to be so different about this five-pound difference? What do I think is going to be so different about a 50-pound difference or a 100-pound difference? And let's really look and start to peel back the layers. Like, why is this important to you? And then ask yourself again, why is that important to me? And keep digging, keep looking at why is this important? Because a lot of times we are losing weight, hoping that we will think better about ourselves, that we will feel better about ourselves, like emotionally, not just physically, but emotionally, that we will like ourselves better, that we will be more loved, that we will love ourselves more. And you get to do that starting now, regardless of what the scale says. You don't have to keep weighing your self-esteem and your self-confidence every time you get on the scale. It can just be your body weight. And we can let it be that. We want to notice and unwind the unintentional thinking around that number so that you can be more productive with your day, with your time, with your energy. We can look at the scale and the scale is going to show us a result. We can put it into the model as a circumstance as we are going to have thoughts and feelings and then take action based on that number. We can also look at the number on the scale as being a result that we have created and we can work backwards and say, okay, let's say I lost two pounds this week. What actions created that? What feeling drove me to take these actions? What was I thinking that allowed me to create this feeling? So we can work our way backwards up through the model and look at, okay, what created this two pound loss? We can also work it backwards and start to look at, okay, what created this two pound gain? And can I get curious? with compassion and start to really assess and figure out, all right, what was I doing or not doing? And we can start to set some non-scale goals. So instead of it just being, well, I want to lose five pounds or eight pounds this month, it can be, I want to stop emotionally eating after dinner. I want to stop overeating after lunch. I want to stop snacking mindlessly before dinner when I'm really not hungry. Right? We can start to look at what are some other things that we want to be tracking and celebrating. So we can look at non-scale victories as well, and we can set non-scale goals. So things like your clothes fitting better, saying no to an urge or desire to eat when you're not hungry, hitting daily goals for water, sleep, or movement, sticking with your plan, making good choices, or making equal swaps, handling different situations in life better, either holding boundaries or asking for help, and then assessing without shame or judgment, like learning from your mistakes. 
making a plan, assessing that plan, and then learning from it and creating a plan that is realistic and doable, that you don't just keep trying to do the same diet plan over and over again with no success. That is going to set you up for failure. So we can set action goals, not just weight loss goals, but we can set action goals and we can praise ourselves and feel proud of the action that we're taking, not just the results that we're creating. So let's say that you lose half a pound this week. You can look at that and be like, that wasn't enough. That sucked. I blew it. I really should have been doing this and that. Or you could look at that half a pound and be like, oh man, this is great. The scale is moving in the right direction. My clothes are starting to fit better. And I'm noticing these changes in my mood and in my mental capacity and changes in my eating habits. We can be looking at all of the ways that things are going well and just recognize that the scale may not have caught up yet and that's okay. It's not a problem. I had one client who she lost three pounds in a month and she was feeling a little disappointed with that number, but I'm going to keep going. And we talked through it and I coached her on it. And a week or two later, she lost three pounds in a week. When we really manage our mindset around the process and doing things that we enjoy, it's not that she went out and decided she needed to run five miles a day or she decided she couldn't eat carbs or go out to eat. There was no restriction. It was all just managing her thoughts within the past. She would have given up, thrown in the towel, and been like, I don't think this is working, and made a bunch of poor choices for two weeks. Instead, she got right back out there. She kept taking action and she kept looking at, okay, where can I level up? Where am I getting stuck? Where are my habits not in line with what I think they are? Which is why we need to be tracking them and writing them down. It is so helpful. I track things with my health. I track things in my business too because it's very easy to be like, I'm doing all the things. I'm posting like every day. And then when I look at it, I've posted twice in two weeks. And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm not. (laughs) Or I'm assessing my plan and I realize, oh, I'm actually only following my plan about 50% of the time. Okay, so now it shows me what I really get to work on is not all this drama about the scale. Like, I don't have to stress about weight loss. I just get to look at, one, am I realistically planning? Am I holding on to food rules? Or, number two, why am I not following my plan? If they are good, realistic, and they are things that I can follow through with, are there urges that I'm giving into? Are there cravings? What else is going on here? Am I emotionally eating? So this is the thing with the scale. If you do not know how to assess from a place of curiosity and compassion, instead of blame, shame, and judgment, you're going to have a really hard time. You're going to have a really hard time with weight loss. You have a really hard time achieving any goal, but in particular weight loss, because we have to be able to identify the number and look at, okay, what do I want to keep doing? What do I want to stop doing? And what do I want to start doing instead? And if we can't have an honest conversation with ourselves about what we're doing or not doing, it's going to be very challenging to keep showing up. And it's going to be really hard when you keep beating yourself up and you're curled up in your shame shawl, snuggled up all in it with all of the self-loathing thoughts. That's never going to create the positive results that you want. It's never going to allow you to lose the weight and keep it off. Because how you get there is how you'll be there. So if you beat yourself up, and you shame yourself skinny, you're going to have to keep doing that in order to stay there. And it's going to create a miserable life or you're going to regain your weight. Those are your options. We want to learn how to weigh our body and not make it mean anything about ourselves, our value, our worthiness. And we can look and just see it as a number, see it as the data. This has been something that I've seen huge strides in my own life. 
And now it gives me such a different approach and a different way to teach clients that. No matter what the skill says, how do I want to feel about myself this week? Can I be proud of myself and how I showed up and the actions that I was taking, regardless of what that skill said? Or do I want to look back and say, oh, you know what? I ate off plan five times or I overate five nights out of the week. There was a time before I got pregnant where I lost 0.2 pounds a week for a month. It took me an entire month to lose one pound. But I was basically at my goal weight. I really didn't have much weight to lose at all. So for me, that was worth it. Not only was I focused on my emotional eating and working on these other habits, but I also got to take a realistic look at, okay, why do I think life is going to be so much better two pounds from now, five pounds from now? Why is it that I think that the weight loss is going to make me happy? How do I start to change the thoughts that I have about myself and my body now? That's where you're going to make the progress. That's where you're going to build momentum. That's where it's going to feel easier. It's going to feel enjoyable. That's how we make weight loss fun and easy. It's how we are thinking about it. If you need help with creating a weight loss process that feels doable, that feels easy, where you don't need restriction or willpower, if you want help with your thoughts and emotions around the scale or around the mirror, around your body, then I would love to help. You can schedule your free consult at www.bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. You'll find a day and time on my calendar that works for you. And we'll spend an hour together really diving into where are you right now? Where would you like to be by the end of the year? And we'll look at what obstacles are standing in your way. And I'll help you create a roadmap so that you can get there in a way that feels fun and easy. And dare I say effortless, because that's what this is all about is making this a long-term process. And something that you can consistently stick with for the rest of your life without hating your life. We can take back our power around the scale. Your thoughts about yourself at 300 pounds can be the exact same thoughts you have about yourself at 150 pounds. You can start thinking and feeling the way that you want about yourself now. It's an option. We just don't have a lot of practice with it. If you would like help with the weight loss piece and the mindset piece so that you can create a life that you love, not just the body, but the life that you truly crave, then I would love to help you. Happy June. I can't believe we are officially into summer in my book. I hope you all have a wonderful week and I will see you all next week. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop five keys to end emotional eating and lose excess weight for life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.